nearly 2,000 years ago on a Sunday morning a lot like this one. 11 men woke up in hiding, in isolation. 11 men woke up whose teacher and friend had been brutally executed. They had every reason in the world to assume and to think and to be afraid that they might be next. Their hopes and their dreams that Jesus was the Messiah had been dashed. And worst of all, worst of all, when he needed them the most, when he asked them to stay awake and pray, when he told them that they would abandon him and they all said they wouldn't, when he needed them the most, they all abandoned him and ran away. So 2,000 years ago on a Sunday morning like this one, 11 men woke up in hiding 11 men woke up with their hearts filled with shame and with fear and with sadness and with disappointment. I'm sure that those 11 men had no reason to think as they woke up this morning, this is going to be a good day. Not a single one of them thought that day would be a good day. In fact, I'm sure that as those 11 men woke up, they thought this is just another day that Jesus is dead. Just another day that evil is still ruling the world. Just another day that God's promises have not come to pass. You see, good news was already unfolding. They just didn't know it yet. Good news was already true. They just hadn't heard it yet. They just hadn't seen the risen Lord yet. They just didn't believe yet that Jesus had conquered the grave. And that's the thing about good news. Good news is true before you hear it. Good news is true before you see it. Good news is true before you believe it. Good news is true before it's obvious. That's why it has to be proclaimed. If good news was obvious, if everybody knew it, if it was self-evident, nobody would have to proclaim it. But we have to proclaim it because it's true in spite of the fact that it's not obvious. The good news about Jesus, the good news that Jesus lives, the good news that Jesus reigns is true. And it was true on that Sunday morning before those 11 men heard it or saw it or believed it. And that's what we're doing this morning, isn't it, church? We are proclaiming the good news that Jesus is not dead, he's alive, that evil is not ruling the world, Jesus is, that God's promises are, in fact, coming to pass. The good news that isn't yet obvious to the whole world is that God has one through Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to remember on days like this. That no matter how dark it seems, no matter how bleak the future looks, no matter how hopeless you feel, the good news is still true. The tomb is still empty. Jesus lives, Jesus reigns, and Jesus 
runs the world. That good news is what not only we proclaim, but that good news is what gives us hope and what gives us joy this morning, that the tomb is empty and Jesus has won. That good news that isn't yet obvious to the whole world, someday, Someday, that truth that Jesus reigns, that Jesus is in charge, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, that truth someday will be obvious to everyone. But in this moment, this dark day, this day where we still hurt, this day where we still mourn, this day where we still have sorrow, it isn't yet obvious to everyone, but that's what it means to be a Christian What it means to be a Christian is that we accept the good news as true even before it becomes obvious to everyone else. And that's what our series is about this month. That's what our series is about today. That if you accept the truth of the resurrection, if you accept the the good news that the tomb is empty, if you accept the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then there's a lifestyle that goes along with it. If you accept that Jesus lives, if you accept that Jesus reigns, if you accept that the tomb is empty, then there's a lifestyle that goes along with accepting and believing that good news. So I want us to look at a text this morning in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Paul writes to the church at Colossae, and he says, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, what I want to do this morning is I want to walk through this passage backwards just a little bit. I want to start at the end here and talk about what what Paul is describing and then work our way back to verse 1. He says, notice he says, things that are on earth. Don't pursue or set your mind on things that are on earth. What does, he, what does he mean by that, things that are on earth? I don't think he means mountains or trees or oceans, things that are on the earth. I, I think what he means by things that are on the earth is earthly things, things that are true from an earthly perspective. What does that think about that for just a second? What things are true from an earthly perspective? What things seem so very true if all we have to take into consideration are the things that we can see and taste and touch and feel? What are the things from an earthly perspective that seem so very true? Well, throughout time, I think that you'll see that what seems true from an earthly perspective is that pleasure, treasure, and power are of the utmost importance. Pleasure, treasure, and power are of the utmost importance. These are the most important things. Pleasure, treasure, and power. And avoiding death. That death is permanent and that death ought to be above all things feared. And so these ideas, this perspective that pleasure, treasure, and power are of the utmost importance and that death must be feared above all things because it is permanent. Any pursuit that we undertake with this perspective, 
Any, any seeking that we do when this is our mindset, that pleasure, treasure, money, things and stuff, or power, influence, or what people think about us are of the utmost importance. Or when we go through our life afraid and terrified of death because we think that it's permanent. Anything we do, anything we pursue, any life we live will be an earthly life, will be an earthly pursuit when this is our perspective. But look how Paul contrasts that. He says, don't set your, th- your mind on things that are on earth. Rather, set your mind on things that are above. Pursue the things that are above. Seek the things that are above. And not just above, like the clouds or the moon and the stars, but he specifically says the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If the earthly things are the things that are true and important from an earthly perspective, then the things that are above, the things that are where Christ is seated at the right hand of God are the things that are true in light of Christ's reign. See, we have the benefit. Those of us that have seen and have heard and believe the good news that the tomb is not only empty, but the one who occupied the tomb, he reigns with all authority in heaven and on earth. Those of us that have that perspective, see, we have the benefit of knowing that there's more going on than what meets the eye. We have the benefit of knowing that there's more going on than simply the things that are true and obvious from an earthly perspective. See, from an earthly perspective, chasing pleasure and treasure and power make perfect sense. From an earthly perspective, death should be feared above all things. From an earthly perspective, he who has the most toys wins. From an earthly perspective, all of these pursuits make perfect sense. But for those of us that embrace the good news of the empty tomb and the reign of Jesus, for those of us that embrace this good news, we understand that faithfulness and self-giving love are the pursuits that really matter. This is how you are really successful, is by being faithful to God and by loving your neighbor as yourself taking up your cross and following Jesus. Why? Because we're not just focused on the things that are on earth, that are true from an earthly perspective. Our perspective, our vision, what we can see and comprehend and know and understand is bigger than that. And our focus is on the things that are above. So Paul says, if you have been raised with Christ, if you've experienced the resurrection with him, if that's true, if you believe this, and you've been baptized into Jesus, buried with him, as he said in chapter two, and raised up with this vision and this perspective and this knowledge and this understanding, if that's true, then live it out. Seek, seek the things that are above. Set your minds on the things that are above. Now, I know we have a lot going on in our lives, 
all the time, not just when we're dealing with COVID-19, but all the time. We have a lot of things going on in our life. But maybe this is a tremendous opportunity for us to stop and for us to ask ourselves, on what sorts of things am I setting my mind? On what sorts of things am I focused? What sorts of things am I seeking? What sorts of things am I pursuing? Because if we accept If we accept the good news of the empty tomb, there's a lifestyle attached to that acceptance. If we believe that the tomb is empty and Jesus has conquered death, there is a lifestyle attached to that belief. There's a lifestyle attached to that knowledge. And Paul says, if you've been buried with Jesus and raised up, resurrected with him, then here's what you do. You set your minds on things above. You set your perspective with a heavenly perspective. You look at things not not like you looked at them before, where you simply looked for pleasure and treasure and power, and you simply looked to avoid death. But now you, you put on these new glasses, this new way of looking at the world, this new way of perceiving everything, and you set your mind on a different sort of Focus on different sorts of things, things that are above, not the things on earth, because we have been raised with Christ. Now, let's look at verse 3. He says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, notice again the contrast in the last couple of verses, the contrast was between the things that are on earth and the things that are in heaven, the things that are above and the things that are below. And in this passage, his focus is on things that are hidden and then the appearing of those hidden things. So he says there are hidden things, and if there are hidden things, then there are visible things. An earthly life is visible. An earthly life isn't hidden. An earthly life, we say, see, here's how successful I am. You see, you see my house? You see my car? You see my clothes? Do you see how I look? Do you see how beautiful I am? Do you see how beautiful my family is? Do you see how smart my kids are? Do you see where my kids go to college? You can see how successful I am. An earthly life is visible. An earthly life is manifest. And we can point at things and say, you see, there's my life, there's my life, there's my life. These things are proof, they're evidence that I'm successful and I'm glorious and things are working out for me. Do we see how an earthly life is a visible life? But Paul says, no, 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 if if you're raised with Jesus, if you've heard and seen and believed the good news, If you've been raised up with him, then your life is different. Your life is, what's the word? Hidden. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. And then he says, when Christ, who is your life, he's your life. He's your life. Other people may be able to point and say, there's my savior. 
There's my redeemer. That's what makes my life worth living. No, no, no. That's what makes my life worth living. But you and I, as those who are believers in and followers of Jesus, our life is hidden with Christ in God. But he says, one day, our life, which is Christ, our Christ, which is our life, will appear someday. Our life will not be hidden. Someday, our life, our Lord, our Savior, our King will be visible. He will appear. And when he appears, Paul says, then you also will appear with him in, what's the word? Glory. You will appear with him in glory. Now remember, we talked about this for a whole series one time not too long ago. Glory is not a place. Glory is a status. And so many of us are working on our earthly status. We even call things like houses and cars and clothes status symbols. Those things that are our glory. And we say, look, my children, my, my education, my house, my car, my this, my that. And we're putting our life into these visible things. But Paul says, if you believe in the resurrection, if you've seen and if you've heard and if you believe that Jesus lives and Jesus reigns, there's a new lifestyle attached to that belief. There's a new lifestyle attached to that acceptance. And that lifestyle means that you hide your life away in Jesus. And that your life is hidden with Christ in God. And that you are waiting on the day when he appears. And when he appears, you will appear with him in glory. Then it will be obvious that you have been investing your time well. You've been investing your energy well. You've been investing your life well. From an earthly perspective, those of us who believe in the resurrection, those of us who believe in Jesus, that the tomb is empty and that he lives and reigns, from an earthly perspective, our pursuit our investment of time and energy and self-giving love, it seems foolish. And people in the world would be justified in looking at us and say, why do you do that? Why do you give so much of yourself away? Why do you give so much of your time? Why do you give so much of your money? Why do you give so much of your energy? And they don't know the good news yet. Maybe they haven't seen, maybe they haven't heard, maybe they haven't believed that the tomb is empty, that Jesus lives and Jesus reigns, and that evil doesn't rule the world, Jesus does, and that God is keeping his promises. But we have seen, and we have heard, and we believe, and because we do, Paul says, if this is true of you, then your life needs to be hidden with Christ in God, and when he appears, then you will appear with him in glory. You don't appear in glory yet. Nobody should look at God's people and say, man, they, they sure are a glorious bunch. 
Because the good news about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us and what's coming, it isn't obvious yet. It will be someday when he appears and when he appears, we will appear with him in glory. But here's some things I want us to think about this morning as we close. His resurrection and reign mean reality is more than it seems. His resurrection and reign, the fact that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, the fact that he rules and he reigns, the fact that he lives means reality is more than it seems. It's more than what what is on earth. It's more than what you can see with your eyes. It's more than you hear on the news. It's more than you hear on the news. Church, did you hear me? Reality is more than what you hear on the news. And I know that today of all days, what we hear on the news is scary. And I'm not saying it's not real. But what I am saying is there is more to reality than what you hear on the news. The news can tell you the way things seem to be. Things seem to be scary. Things seem to be terrifying. Things seem to be overwhelming. The news can tell you the way things seem to be, but only the good news can tell you the way things really are. The news just tells you the way things seem from an earthly perspective, but you know a reality that's bigger than that. Your mind isn't set simply on the things of the earth but on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. You know that the tomb is empty. You have seen and you have heard and you believe. And because of that, because you know of his resurrection and his reign, you know that it means reality is more than it seems. But if that's true, if his resurrection and reign mean reality is more than it seems, then you and I need to focus on things as they are, rather than as they seem to be. That's what faith is. Faith is focusing on things as they are, rather than as they seem to be. We can use our five senses, and we can look, and we can taste, and we can touch, and we can feel, but sometimes things look rather dark. Things seem rather bleak. We feel rather hopeless. But those things are only based on the way things seem to be from an earthly perspective. The resurrection and reign of Jesus means that reality is more than it seems. So our job is to focus on things as they are rather than simply on the way they seem to be. Reality is bigger than COVID-19. Reality is bigger than job loss. Reality is bigger than this moment in time. Reality is bigger than the grief and the sorrow and the fear we feel right now in this moment because the good news is true. It's true whether or not you've seen it. 
It's true whether or not you've heard it. It's true whether or not you believe it. It's true whether or not you've experienced it. The good news is still true. The tomb is still empty and Jesus still reigns and God is keeping his promises, church. And on those days where we can't see it and on those days where we don't feel it and on those days where we struggle to even believe it, it is still true. And so my encouragement for all of us today is to focus on things as they are. The tomb is empty. Focus on things as they are. Jesus reigns. Focus on things as they are. God is keeping his promises. Focus on things as they are, not just on things as they seem to be. Set your mind on things above, on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Pleasure and treasure and power and avoiding death. Pursue the things that last. Be faithful and love your neighbor as yourself. And yes, you can't see the successes of that kind of living right now. You cannot see the successes of faithful living right now. That's why Paul says your life is hidden with Christ in God. But Christ will appear and you will appear with him in glory. That's that's looking at the world as things really are rather than just as they seem to be. You know, one of the things that, that it seems to be this morning, it seems like we're alone. It seems like we're isolated. It seems like we're, we're separated. But that's just the way it seems to be. The truth is we are together we are gathered. We may not be gathered in this room, but we are gathered, church. We are gathered in Plano and in Collin County and across Texas and across the United States and all throughout the world. God's people are gathered, whether it seems like it or not. And this week, this church, you blessed me so much. Many of you sent me pictures and I got to see hundreds of smiling faces your smiling faces reminding me, and I'm going to remind you in just a minute with those same faces, that in spite of how it seems, we are together, we are gathered, we are victorious. So after we say this prayer, we'll have a couple more songs, and while we sing those songs, I'm inviting you to enjoy seeing many of the faces, the smiling faces of your brothers and sisters that even right now are participating with you in worshiping God and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the new reality that we can know and see and embrace and believe in because Jesus has been raised and Jesus reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, days like this, it sometimes doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like good news prevails. But Father, we know that it does. We know it by faith. 
Help us, Father, to see the world as it truly is. Help us, Father, to see reality as it truly is and not simply how it seems to be. Help us to embrace the things that are true in heaven and on earth. And Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.